Yes, we are back with another episode on fixed income. I'm here with uh, my colleague, Eltia Spinotti, and um, we're going to talk about corporate bonds today, Eltia. And um, I think maybe before we talk about where, you know, corporate bond uh, segment, where we are on, the, on corporate bond yields, spreads, etc., maybe just very quickly for the non-sophisticated investor out there, the, you know, the ordinary investor, what is a corporate bond exactly? Just very quickly. Yeah, <laughs> a corporate bond is a bond that is issued by a non-government entity or and, um, you know, very often it's also non-banking uh, en- entity. So in this call, in this podcast, we are going to talk about, uh, um, you know, in which sectors uh, do we see the, be- the worst challenges uh, um, and uh, the best opportunities going forward. And uh, really, uh, Peter, uh, I think that uh, it's quite exciting to talk about corporate bonds in general because uh, several times we hinted uh, to the fact uh, that uh, quality is king. Um, and uh, since uh, last year until uh, this year, what has been king has been risk. Um, so the junk bond space and why it has been so, because uh, the junk bond space uh, was offering a buffer against the uh, rise in interest rates. But now that we had uh, that aggressive hiking uh, from the Federal Reserve, the ECB, the Bank of England and other central banks worldwide, well, now we are entering in, uh, in a dangerous zone and uh, maybe... Um, junk bonds are not going to work as effectively as they did in the past couple of years. The, the danger zone being that, you know, we tighten maybe monetary policy too much, that it actually causes, uh, you know, a downturn in the economy, which then spills into credit because credit then, you know, turns out to be weaker than you'd expected when it was issued because, you know, refinancing issues, Yeah, that's the, the main uh, danger. But another danger is that uh, with uh, government bonds offering uh, such an appealing uh, yields, uh, why would investors take more risk in the corporate bond space? Uh, they would rather uh, sell credit risk and buy uh, the benchmark because uh, on average, investment grade uh, US dollar corporate bonds offer 6% in yield and uh, more or less... Uh, uh, U.S. Treasuries are offering uh, 5%. So why would you hold that credit risk when uh, the risk-free rate is offering you the same, almost, well, slightly less, but yeah, comparable? Exactly. And, and, and I guess that's a little bit of what we're going to talk about, right? Because there is one thing is the the yield itself on an investment grade or a you know, high-yield corporate bond. But there's also, as you say, you, know, you have the yield curve of the, the government bonds in the same currency, so when we talk about you know investing in corporate bonds, we you often refer to the spread. So yeah. thereby meaning the the difference between the the yield you get on the corporate bond and then the same maturity profile on the government bond yield curve, right? Yeah, that's correct. And is that spread is it low or is it fat as is often being said? Or where are we on that yield spread? Is it, are you compensated enough for the potential risks? It's quite uh, it's quite compressed okay. uh, historically. Um, and uh, in the U.S., uh, it's particularly compressed when we look at uh, the junk bond space. Indeed, uh, it's not the first time that I refer to the high-yield investment grade uh, uh, 
uh, spread, Peter. I'm sure that we talked about this before. But that spread at the moment is uh, 300 basis points. It means that uh, on average, junk bonds are offering three full percentage uh, points uh, over investment grade uh, bonds. I'm talking about the US dollar. And when we look at that historically, that spread, that these 300 basis points is similar to what junk was paying over quality before the COVID pandemic. But we are in a completely different uh, macroeconomic environment. At that point, uh, interest rates were less than half than what they were, what they are um, today. Um, and realistically, uh, it's, uh, it's almost impossible not to see the risk uh, that uh, investors are entering to when buying into this space and uh, understand that they are not adequately compensated. There's some good points. I mean, and you know, moving the conversation a little bit forward here, is it the same picture we see in Europe or is there a, a slight difference in the corporate bond market in Europe versus the US right now? There is a massive difference. Um, so... I talked about the spread between high yield and investment grade corps uh, in uh, the US, which is uh, around 200 basis po- 300 basis points. But in Europe, uh, that spread uh, is around 400 basis points, so quite wider. Uh, but there is an explanation on why in Europe uh, that spread uh, is wider. Um, and the reason lies in the fact that... Uh, um, Compared to pre-COVID, European corporates deteriorated at a faster pace than U.S. corporate bonds. And when I'm talking about deterioration in the corporate bond space, I'm just talking about leverage and interest coverage. Because as a bond holder, I want to know know how much debt my company has and how likely is for the company to repay, to pay the interest on my debt. Um, So what happened in Europe is that certain sector saw the leverage almost doubling. And uh, these sectors uh, have been, for example, um, the consumer cyclical and the consumer non-cyclical sector, which saw pre-COVID leverage at around three times, And now they are well above five times leverage. And also the interest coverage has dropped. So what is telling me is that that spread widening that we have seen in the European corporate space has been due to the fact that deterioration has been worse here than in the US. Because when I look instead at uh, how much leverage has increased in the U.S. is nowhere near to what we have seen uh, in the European space. Yeah, we should also mention that some, one of the, the stocks that you're highlighting that I can see here on my, my script when we talk about consumer uh, non-cyclical uh, investment grade, there is a company here called Bayer, which is a German you know, chemical chemical company. And I think one of the factors that are pressuring the, the that part of the you know, the corporate sector in the, in Europe is obviously also the energy prices, right? Mm-hmm. The energy crisis has been much, much wider and deeper in Europe than, than in the US. I, I suppose that, I was, that is also impacting um, 
corporates. But what about, I was a little bit surprised, Altia, because you're mentioning that, you know, technology, you've marked that in, in red as some of the, that, that a part of the corporate sector in, in the US that has not been doing as well. And then um, I was a little bit surprised about that because in, in the equity market, Technology, yes, we had a, a hiccup in 2022, but this year has so far been pretty okay. So Yeah, I actually, I highlighted that in red because uh, I'm looking at technology as a subsector to the high yield space. Mm. So I'm not really looking at the technology like Apple and these kind of uh, big names. I'm really looking at the junk uh, bond space. And as you can see, I've listed the three companies, <laughs> Xerox, um, Western Digital, Nokia, you know, uh, all companies that have been struggling for quite some time. Uh, and uh, the kind of uh, interest that they are paying uh, is obviously above average. But still, as you can see, all these companies, they have a duration uh, that is uh, quite modest, but they are uh, paying uh, from 75 to 8% in yield. So investors have to decide whether to lock in the risk-free rate at 5% uh, or, you know, get some more yield in the investment grade space and get a 6% in yield or otherwise locking at 8% in yield. And honestly, the pickup that these companies bring, it's quite modest compared to the risk that might bring to one portfolio. Mm. And, you know, so there are some of the sectors you covered there that have been done, been doing bad recently. And then, but there's also in the, both the dollar and the euro investment grade space, you have companies that have been doing uh, much better. And um, one of the names I said, haha, uh, I, I know why. And one of them is the Italian company Leonardo. And for those that are not familiar with Leonardo, it's a, it's a military slash aerospace uh, company that is riding this massive wave we're seeing in increased defense spending. And, you know, and especially among the European defense companies, they're seeing a, a massive tailwind. But um, so, but maybe, I don't know whether you want to, you know, say a little bit of comments because it, it it's the capital goods. And typically I would say that should not perform well if we are fearing a recession. But apparently they, the capital goods companies have, have done pretty well. Well, when you look at leverage and interest coverage, you look at it on a historic kind of basis, right? Um, and capital goods uh, have uh, doing quite good in the meaning that uh, compared to pre-COVID, uh, they managed, uh, um, you know, like their leverage stayed more or less the same, uh, but they improved uh, their interest coverage. And a company like Leonardo is uh, offering bonds, uh, with uh, um, quite short duration, uh, two years uh, duration, and they pay 4% in yield, which is well above uh, um, the investment grade uh, um, average that you get in Europe, which is around 3.5%. The reason it's, uh, um, is just that uh, Leonardo is an Italian company, so it prices over the Italian BTP and not the German Bund. Mm. And what is good about uh, this uh, company is that it's becoming quite uh, quite key in the geopolitical landscape because uh, um, if uh, we have uncertainties um, globally, we have uh, two wars going on in Ukraine and in the Middle East, uh, we definitely know that uh, Europe uh, or Italy as a government will not want a company like that going under. But there is other companies that belong to, to this capital goods space that have seen an improvement uh, in fundamentals. 
um, just to list some of uh, the US ones, uh, uh, 3M company, John Deere, they are all uh, very well-rated company, single A, and they offer uh, 5.5% in yield. But here, again, Peter, do you want to be invested on a corporate bond or on a US treasury for 5%? So, so why, do you, why do you think, actually, that these companies can get away if, I don't know whether that's the right expression but how, why, why do you think that why do you think the market is willing to pay such a small spread for investment grade when you as you say you can just park your money on the the US yield curve I mean that's risk free and here you're taking a little bit of risk right yes so there is two reasons the first reason is that uh, the US yield curve is more inverted than uh, in, than uh, investment grade uh, corporate uh, yield curve uh, in the US. So that means that if you go on long durations, you are going to be able uh, to lock in a much better yield than you would in uh, uh, US uh, treasuries. Uh, but the quality of that, uh, of being invested for a long term, if you are especially like an income investors, um, is, uh, is going to... You know, like, uh, yes, you have, you take on some certain uh, credit risk, but it's not an overwhelming credit risk. So, for example, uh, when we looked at uh, um, 3M company, which is a single A minus uh, in rating, that is paying a 6% and the duration is around 14 years. If you go and look at the US in curve, uh, well, the, from the 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, all these yields are below 5%. Maybe for the exception of the 20 year. I didn't check it today okay. because it's a little bit less illiquid. Uh, but otherwise, uh, um, this 6%, it's quite a solid yield for the risk that such a company can bring to your portfolio. So long-term investors will be keen to buy into that. Okay, that's interesting. Um, coming back and maybe to, to tie up this podcast. So... We talked about the the widening uh, spread between high yield and investment grade, and you have this wonderful line down here where you said, okay, when typically the spread, I think this is under yeah euro, the euro spread between high yield and investment grade widened to two hundred and twenty ish basis points. Uh, it was good value historically. So the market today for corporate bonds is it a is it a okay? I buy the whole thing. I can I can be rest assured as a long term investor this is a good deal I'm offered. Or do I need to be more selective? And if I'm selective, what is the strategy? So you need to be selective because uh, like what I said at the beginning of our conversation, it's not anymore the same environment where we were one year ago. One year ago, inflation was high. Everybody was trying to. Uh, create a buffer against inflation. Interest rates uh, were much lower than they were today. And so, you know, the best performers have been whatever, uh, any instruments that were providing carry. And high-yield corporates were among them. Um, now the situation is changed. And uh, the risk that uh, those investors uh, that are holding on uh, um, high-yield corporate bonds is that the carry and the buffer that they provide against inflation or a downturn might not be enough if uh, we see a sensible uh, widening of uh, credit spreads. And uh, Peter, um, the fund rates are rising. Uh, they are already at 4.5%. If we look at uh, historically, 
in 2020, they peaked at 9%, and in 2009 at to 15%. And when these default rates increase, it's very hard to contain the effect of credit spreads widening, in the meaning that they spread widely, and therefore uh, we are going to see any junk-rated bonds started to reprise according to this fear that the junk bond market is going to bust, to go bust. Good point. Um, Altea, before we uh, close this podcast, because we already ran above the 15 minutes, but just very quickly. So if you, if you're, well, if you're a Saxo client, you have access to our trading platform. What, what is, where, where, where's the best place to go to get some information on these corporate bonds um, on the trading platform? Or is it to, to read some of your research notes? Where do I get a, a good overview if I want to, let's find these uh, single A investment grade corporate bonds? For instance, well, we have some thematic bond list on our uh, bond, spa- uh, bond uh, page on the, the Saxo platform. Obviously, I write research uh, regularly, not only about uh, 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 interest rates, uh, but also on corporate bonds. And I'm drafting one that is going to be published uh, this week. Um, but also, Peter, I want to remind people that uh, um, investing in uh, bonds doesn't mean buying only one singular cash bonds. One can buy an ETF and there is a lot of ETFs that are providing exposure to the investment grade and the high yield space. Also because, Peter, when we talk about junk bonds, it's not easy to invest in them. The minimum cut normally is around $100,000 or euros. So it's not for the retail investor. No. So people that are looking at this kind of particular and niche instruments sometimes can get uh, exposure only through ETFs. Great point, Altia. And um, well, I think it was a good podcast on corporate bonds, not the most widely discussed topic, I think, on uh, on our podcast, but nevertheless, a very important topic. And uh, really encourage you to read the research notes from, uh, from Altia and find those uh, thematic bond lists to get some inspiration. And um, yeah. Well, we'll be back tomorrow where we're going to talk about equities. Thank you for listening.